and welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. This is episode 61. We're your hosts, Parker Doman. And Stephen Craig. So uh, we would love to hear from our listeners. Uh, tell us what you think, your current projects, any topics you want to cover, or just say hello. Uh, to reach us, follow us on Twitter at Macrofab, or send us an email at podcast at macrofab.com. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend, coworker, loved one, or just tweet it out. If you send this to your loved one, you might not love them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we have some cool stuff coming up. Uh, we have some koozies to give away to our listeners yeah. for some uh, macro, macro swag. Yeah, macro swag. Uh, so if you send us an email with the code word that we will mention during the show, you can uh, you can get a koozie, or just send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, keep keep your ears out for a code word. Yeah, for a code word. Very cool. So uh, so oh, what's what? There's something else. I I didn't actually write it on the sheet, so it's not your fault. Oh, uh, the um, event that we're having here in Houston. Oh yeah yeah the the the, the meetup. Yeah, it's at the end of. May, right? Yes. Yes. I don't remember the date. That. <laughs> it's it's yeah, the end yeah, of May. Yeah, I th- you, you're right. You're yeah. right. Wait, no. End of April. It's at the end of April. Dead silence. <laughs> That's right. Chris just told us it's the 26th. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. We're on top of the Did ball you here. Look it up instantly. <laughs> <laughs> look, the computer phone saved us again. Okay. Engineering makeup at. At uh, not makeup meetup meet at up. Macrofab. I think if an engineer tried to put on makeup, it would not do, go too good. Or it'd just be like really blocky and like really perfect and really symmetric and look terrible. Probably. I don't know anything about makeup. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. So w- <laughs> what's been up, Parker? Um. So I talked about this last time we didn't have a guest. Uh, it was the uh, spooky pinball uh low voltage differential signal controller mm-hmm. thingy for the Raspberry Pi. So that's all working. If uh, what does that do? So what it does is it takes the display parallel interface mm-hmm. on the Raspberry Pi uh, and basically converts it to LVDS, which is low voltage differential signaling, which you can pass to a display, an LCD display that you would find in like a laptop. Okay, so it's a, a data converter sort of. Kind of, yeah. It's a parallel to serial converter and also level shifter. Because you're converting the TTL level, which is like 3.3 volts, um, to basically OVDS, which is like 1.5 volts to 2.4 volts, something like that. Right. I can't remember off the top yeah, of my it's, head. It's something like that, yeah. Because it stays within those two voltage ranges. That's why. Right, but you're also turning it into a differential signal. That, that, that's what I just said. Right. Differential signal. Yeah. But serializing it, too. Right. Yeah, you're taking a... Uh, so data uh, conversion. Yeah, you're taking a 6-bit, <laughs> basically red, green, blue parallel bus mm-hmm. and converting that into a 6-bit long serial stream that outputs. Right. And it's pretty cool because you, you basically just give it all your data and then you give it their H-Sync and V-Sync pulses and that chip just magically does it. It's actually pretty sweet. So it makes writing your firmware pretty easy. Uh, yeah. Well, it depends on what you're driving it with. With the Raspberry Pi, it's got this cool feature, I guess, kind of. You basically can get really low down and tell the 
basically the GPU what timings to use to draw the interface. So you, you basically open up the data sheet for your LCD screen and read the front porch, back porch for all the signals. You tell it the resolution, the clock cycle, how long the pulses are, and you basically you write that out in one big config line. And then when the Pi boots up, it reads it in and goes, that's what I should do, and it does it. Okay, so it's even easier. Yeah, it's actually, it took me less than one hour to get this working. Wow. Yeah. That's... It took me longer to lay the board out, and the board only has like 20 parts or whatever on it. Well, and, and this little <laughs> board you made, it's basically just a power supply and this one chip. Yeah, it's got a 5-volt regulator and a 3.3-volt regulator. So basically you dump 12 volts in because the screen needs the backlight mm-hmm. power up. The only thing this board doesn't do yet is PWM, the backlight. Oh, so you can't change the brightness. So it's it's max brightness. And I don't know how I want to do that yet um, because I don't know if I can use the hardware pins on the Raspberry Pi to PWM it or it's not going to be fast enough. It's also how do you control that? Do you try to control that through, like, the keyboard API? Mm. Um, I got to look more into that. If you know how to control like like you know like the function keys on a laptop keyboard yeah that's kind of what i want to do i want to be able to bind a key function to adjust a pwm frequency on a pin out of raspberry pi oh i guarantee you one of our listeners has like that already written yeah so let me know um so yeah it's the 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 actual chip is the uh, ti ds90 c365a um, it's pretty awesome chip. It's pretty low cost for what it does. What, a couple bucks? Yeah, in quantity, it's like two bucks. Okay. I think it's like four or something in singles. But yeah, awesome it, stuff. It, what, what kind of package is it in? TSOP. So 0.4 millimeter. How many pins? Mm, 40. Okay, so... I hand-soldered them. I was, I was just about to say, you could hand-solder if you want to. Yes. I... I, I I think 0.4 millimeter TSOP is relatively easy to hand solder. With a microscope. With a microscope. Yeah, Actually, with... I did these without a microscope. Ooh. Yeah. I Well, I was using a hot plate, and I to heat the – because it's a four-layer board, so I wanted to heat the ground plane up pretty good. And then it just flowed like butter. Well, liquidy metal butter. <laughs> like uh, Terminator style, I guess. T-1000. T-1000 chips? Yeah, T-1000 chips. Um. So then I got that working earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I finished up wrapping up the timings last night, and it looks amazing. I'll post a video or something on, on the blog. Yeah, it looks great. I, I, I was watching it uh, earlier today. Yeah, we actually had it playing like a 1080p video of an aquarium, and it was very soothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I started working on the next step, which was is basically taking the Raspberry Pi compute module, which is like their memory stick style I guess board that plugs into a sodium connector. Mm. So it's like a dollar. It, board it reminds basically. me of old processor boards yeah. that used to plug in like uh, RAM. The Pentium twos did that. Yep. Uh, into a socket A, I think is what they're called. I don't I, I don't remember the called. name of it. Um I'm working on the compute module version. Basically I want to be able to plug the compute module in, break all the pins out, and it has the L V D S chip on it, so all you do is plug your screen in. And if there's enough interest in that, I'll probably try to package it in a way where it also has, like, a lithium battery controller and all that stuff on it. So, you basically, you have the makings of a Raspberry Pi laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And uh, 
I've been looking into how to do like keyboards. You know, it, it's probably going to be cheaper for people to buy off-shelf keyboards to pair it up with because mm -hmm. making your own is pretty pricey. Trying to buy all the cherry switches and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and it's a pain. So yeah, if you're interested, shoot me an email. You know, we'll see where it goes with the Kickstarter. Awesome. So Stephen, Science Museum Project. It is underway. So in I think it was episode fifty-eight, uh, we talked with uh, Patrick Renner and um, Kelly O'Brien about uh, the, uh, the 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 project that we've been working on for the Science Museum here in town, uh, and in fact. Right after the podcast, right, right when we're done recording this, I'm I'm heading over to finish the project, or finish the first half of it, I should say. Uh, so we're we're delivering two things to the science museum. Um, one of them is is a uh, not necessarily like interactive, but but a uh, a drill bit basically that drives up and down and turns around and kind of simulates drilling a well. Uh, <laughs> and and so we're we're, we're finishing building that tonight. Um, so it's, it's actually, so funny enough, uh, I've d obviously done all the electronic side of things. So all the controlling and, and all the motor turning and, and, uh, the limit switching and all, all kinds of stuff like that. And I, I, I had my whole box all designed up and I built that all up and Parker and I had a conversation yesterday. <laughs> I was leaving uh macrofab and I was like, I had this box in my hand. I was like, I'm going to plug this in and it's just going to work. I'm like bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Parker <laughs> says bullshit. Cause it never happens that way. But damn it. If I didn't plug it in and it just worked <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm kind of you in bought, awe. You even bought the relays that day. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Well, I had relays, but I changed them, and I, I. Well, no, you had SSRs. Yeah, I had SSRs, and I decided to go with with actual physical contact relays. And in fact, I chose relays that have they're rated for a billion operations. Yeah. So how long is that lifetime? So for I this device, I kind of calculated roughly that it will receive three hundred and sixty thousand relay clicks a year, uh, and so you know, extend that out to a billion this thing should last a long time yeah I, the the joke i'm saying is like the world like the sun is expanding into like a red what a red giant yeah red like, everything's vaporizing away and like the drill's still going yeah, up and my, down my project is still, <laughs> still, <working>. still clicking <laughs> away yeah the the universe has gone into a big crunch yeah, big everything crunch. Has, has has gone and my my drill is floating yeah. know, out in the middle of nowhere uh, it's like those animations where, uh, where they show like what happens when you get close to a black hole. When you get all stretched out, it's like you see the drill bit getting stretched, stretched out. out. It's and still the re going up the and relays down. are still clicking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I got everything. Uh, everything's pretty much working. It's not all. The thing is, I did a simulation with all the motors outside of the device. So the drill bit's not actually physically moving yet, but all the all the drills are turning and, and the all limit switching is working correctly. Every, yeah like you you do the things that it needs to do by clicking switches and it turns the motors the way it needs to and it just worked out well and i used the uh the, the plc the arduino plc from plc.us uh -huh. which we found on amazon and and we had used in a previous project at, at macrofab i used that in this and that, that thing is, is killer it's way overkill for this you could have done this with like a couple flip-flops and, and some op amps. I could have, but there's there's a lot of like 
safety things that I wanted to cook into it. And I wanted it to have some kind of smarts such that if something goes wrong, it goes into fault conditions. And so gotcha. I've, I've added stuff like that. So, uh, yes, you could have done this purely with gate logic and like discharging capacitors yep. if you wanted to. Uh, but that would have taken longer. Uh, than, yeah, I think it would have taken longer. Yeah, yeah. So, and if you make a mistake with that, you have to re-roll a design. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't just click reprogram. And I'm not that good. If I if I were to do it that way, as, as a gate level timing design, uh, well, gate, it would it, not you, have you worked. You can still the first use time. the limit switches too. Yeah, to, yeah. to reset stuff. So. Um, I guess late tonight, I'll see if I can take a picture, if it's all put together. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I've also been working on the synth that yeah, I've been, synth. been talking about for a long time. Uh, it's about 50% done because I told, as I've said on the podcast before, I'm building it by hand. I mean, the board actually like placing resistors. Oh, and you like, like actually impacting the silicon? Well, and with, with, with yeah. Yeah, arsenic exactly. and <laughs> gallop. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I mean, I could have put this on our pick-and-place machine, but I really, I don't know, I'm weird. You can sell it. I could sell it? For a higher price, because it's artisan, it's created by an artisan. It's not, it's, it's, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's beyond hand-wired. I mean, it it actually is going to be hand-wired, but it's it's so, it's artisan-engineered. Artisan-engineered. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's the biggest amount of... Ugh, ever. Yeah, so I, I, the <laughs> price tag on this is going to start at 35000 if anyone likes to, <laughs> would, would like a single voice synth for $35,000. <laughs> so, yeah, um, assuming my weekend is open coming up here soon, I plan to actually go to the Fab on Saturday and crank oh, out a ton more it. of the synth. Awesome. Cool. That's what I've been up to. Okay, on to the RFO. Yep. I don't think we have anything else that, that we've been doing. That's anything that's interesting. Well, we have a lot more, but our listeners probably don't want to hear about it. Oh, that's true. I soldered this resistor today. <laughs> okay, RFO. We have this week the Cuddle Cub. Um, in the same vein, we have the Google patent for a creepy teddy bear. Uh, SpaceX is launching... A new, uh, well, not really new. It's a used rocket, which is like the first time ever mm-hmm. someone's launching a used rocket. Well, I guess the space shuttle kind of did, but um, besides the point, uh, and they're actually launching it like as we're recording. I think it's actually just launched. Really? Yeah. I think we're supposed wh- wh- to launch it like five thirty today. Well, okay, l- w- we'll talk about that when we get to it because yeah. I have some questions on. Um, and then a cool project by Joe Grand, um, where he modified a tooth tunes toothbrush. That was cool. I watched that video yeah. earlier this week. Okay, so Color Cup. It's an IoT teddy bear. Or what? Internet of Teddies, right? Internet of Teddies, that's right. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's like, uh, I guess it's a, it's a device that connects to your phone and so that you can monitor what your kid is doing. It can play lullabies. It can wake up your kid in the morning. All the stuff that you should be doing as a parent. <laughs> well, it, it's it's a it's a a data mining uh, yeah. teddy bear. Data mining your kids. So get them so, started early before they even get on the internet. Basically, if you go to their website, it kind of describes that this is a device that, when your kid goes to bed, you give them this nice teddy bear, and then it spies on them as they sleep. Well, basically. yeah, it's like a, it's like a uh, a really really fancy baby monitor. Yeah, right. Um, 
And the thing about it is, well, I'll, I'll read what they said. Um, not only is Cuddle Cub great for kids, but great for parents as well. Be in control and in the loop for every night's bedtime adventure, giving you extra time you deserve. And I read that, and me was like, so you can have sexy time and know when your kid's getting up. <laughs> <laughs> That's immediately what I heard. I, I, like, I like how they said bedtime adventure. adventure exactly. I, man, I wish I could have an adventure going to bed. That would be great. So, so yeah, I, I mean, it, it's I mean, basically I the, the, I mean, it's, it's got a couple accelerometers inside. It's a Fitbit inside a teddy bear. That's actually a really good description. That's <laughs> pretty much it. You know how funny would it be if they just bought like Fitbit rejects and just stuffed Shove them, them in, in, in crappy teddy bears from China? No, they look pretty good. <laughs> um, I don't have kids, so I guess it's, it's something about trying something different, which is kind of cool about it. Um, because you could figure out, like, is your kid getting enough sleep? You know, it's actually, I think that's actually more important for not young kids, but probably teenagers, is know when your teenager's actually getting sleep and not sleep. Well, but, but I think it's actually meant to be, like, held as you sleep, so it can detect movement and things like that. So, I don't know, I wasn't holding teddy bears when I was a teenager. You might have been. No, well, no, I'm talking about, like, you know, like maybe an IoT pillow or something. Yeah, that, that's not yeah. a bad idea. Uh, actually, my uh, hell, I need one of those to tell me to go sleep more. <laughs> my 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 wife has a Fitbit and it has like a sleep mode or something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, it uh, she she tracks her sleep with it and she sees if she's getting quality sleep or not. Basically, how restless she is. Oh, uh, and. Hmm. And that's, you know, she's doing, I don't know, she's tracking it some, doing some kind of something with it. But, uh, but you yeah, know, so this is, this is something, it's, I said spying on your kid earlier. It's not spying on your kid. It's making sure everything's cool with them. The next topic, that, though. That mining your kids. Yeah. The, the next topic, though, is kind of spying on your kids, though. So, so the, the title is Google Patent for Creepy Teddy Bear. That, that was a, a title of an uh, article that I read earlier today. Yep. Um. And it's it's a really kind of an odd uh, subject because Google in 2015, I believe, applied for a patent for a teddy bear that has a suite of sensors and motors that has the ability to. This sounds like the makings of like Five Nights at Freddy's. Dude, you have no idea. You have no idea um, how creepy this is. Well, okay. It's powered off the blood of your children. So this thing has <laughs> motors. The, uh, the patent document has uh, shows points to arrows to motors in its legs. It has optical sensors. It has microphones in its ears, and it has the the patent document talks about the ability that it can sense certain motions, and then the teddy bear will actually physically move such oh, that its eyes can look at fuel. you. I know. It's like, what the hell? And if it hears certain things, it can, like, pick those up and start paying attention to them. Oh, so it's like they, like, integrated with uh, OK Google. Yeah, yeah, but in a really creepy way. Yeah. And, and so I will admit, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to make this sound like conspiracy theory, theory thing, and I very admittedly don't have enough information on this, being as I read a lot of the patent document like 
30 minutes ago. <laughs> so, uh, but, but the thing is, like, there's a lot of diagrams about, it shows, like, a teddy bear, and then, like, sensors, and then an arrow to, like, a server somewhere. I'm like, you're kidding me, right? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is really yeah, I creepy. think there was an issue, was a couple years back or last year, where, like, an IoT kid device... I think it was like a webcam or something or something similar to that. It had a webcam in it. That's right. And like basically hackers got hold of the database and published everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were uh, not only were they publishing like just information, they were publishing like recordings that recordings this thing had. Recordings and pictures taken that this thing took. That's creepy. Yeah. Very That's creepy. really creepy. But it's also like, you know, step back for a second. Why is Google, why does Google have a patent for a teddy bear that spies on you? Get them in the system earlier. I guess so. Get them used to it. Get them used to it. <laughs> Google's going to own the world soon. Oh, yeah, eventually. Yeah, real soon. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. We'll, we'll post the uh, we'll post the, the patent yeah. for that. F- five Nights at Teddy. <laughs> five Nights at Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> so SpaceX. Yeah, SpaceX. They did things? Well, I don't know... You know, I, well, they're doing. They're things. doing something right now. I'm gonna actually check real quick on the computer phone. Oh, the good old-fashioned computer phone. So they're launching a used rocket. Oh, so the question I had earlier, yes. when you said a used rocket, does that mean that they bought a second-hand rocket from <laughs> someone else, <laughs> no, and no, now no, they're no, launching no. it? It's they're one of the rockets that they are the first stage of the Falcon 9 that landed. Oh, they, okay. They basically tore it all down checked it all out and put it all back together and they're like, yep, yeah, let's go. They dry fired it. Um, they dry fired it earlier this week. I think the launch is right now. I'm checking real quick. Pardon the interruption, people. That, that, that would be funny if there was like a Craigslist for used rockets. <laughs> <laughs> but you'd have to speak like Russian or something like that. Anything? Find something good? Okay, see, um... Apparently it all worked. It actually re-landed as well. Oh, so it's already landed. Yeah, so it's already landed, and actually, it's right now. Um, in te- from right now, te- in ten minutes, the second stage will reignite to finish off the burn. So, and the first stage has already landed on the. Uh, of course, I still love you, barge. <laughs> <laughs> well, wh- where's the where's the barge at right now? Uh, I, uh middle of the ocean, Earth. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in 70% of the Earth. Yeah, somewhere somewhere in that area. <laughs> you know, SpaceX should buy the old um, Apollo rocket and just launch that. Just for, oh, the one for down shits here? and giggles. Yeah. The one down here? Yeah. They have to refurb everything on that, though. Yeah, but SpaceX, do it. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> do you think Elon Musk would come down with just a blank checkbook and be like, just write a number down? Yeah, just write yeah. <laughs> You know, he, he probably actually could. Yeah, yeah he could. <laughs> That's his own personal rocket. He takes that to the high power. Is that going to be our uh, our uh, code word? Personal rocket. Personal rocket. Yeah, I think that might be yeah, it. Yeah, that's our that code word. Personal rocket. Personal rocket. That sounds terrible. <laughs> the first code word we ever have is personal rocket. Yep. Oh wow! Well done. <laughs> yeah, well, we're getting close to the end and had to figure out something. And that's what we landed on. <laughs> Personal rocket. <laughs> no, no, it landed on, of course, I still love you, Barge. Oh, jeez. Okay, next topic. <laughs> uh, two Tunes, which is a hack by Joe Grand. 
Um, so I didn't know these existed. They're apparently two tunes are a electric toothbrush. Yep. That vibrates your enamel in your skull, your teeth, mm-hmm. to produce a frequency that your ears pick up, and it plays music. And apparently, Joe Grand likes rock and roll and not like kids bop. Not Hannah Montana. Yeah, not Hannah Montana. Um, <laughs> does she still make music? I. I am not up to date on my Hannah Montana. On your Nickelodeon <laughs> on my, No. <laughs> in, in, in fact, I think she's kind of a lot crazier now. Uh, Once again, not up to date. Uh, so anyways, he hacked it, basically replaced the amplifier and all that good stuff in it with his own circuit that plays a WAV file off an SD card and so that you can hear uh, Metallica or whatever you want to listen to. Yeah. So it has a transducer that's basically behind the bristles that... No, jiggles that, the bristles. I thought it was just it actually modulated the frequency that it vibrated at, the whole thing. Yeah, the transducer is the thing that actually does the vibration. Hmm. Uh, and so you send you send uh, a wave file to the amplifier, and the amplifier then jiggles the head of the in toothbrush the, in the right way. In the right way, yeah, yeah, in just the right way. And uh, and then and then if you think about it, it's actually really creepy. You're hearing it by the fact that it's jiggling your skull. You know, at uh, like you know. What ten kilohertz or something like that? You know, uh, I've actually, I've, I've, I've totally, you know, put my mouth and, and bit a guitar once and 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 played it, and That's you can metal. hear it. You can hear it so well. It's really creepy. So, but very cool That's though. The only way you can truly enjoy the sound of guitar, you have to taste it. A, taste a real it. musician gets a flavor for his <laughs> <laughs> for his music. Music, yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Joe's got some cool stuff though. This this was a fun little project, uh, and the fact that he made like a custom PCB that fits inside this like ten dollar yeah. thing, it's pretty cool. So yeah, and that's going to oh yeah, we probably should again thank our listeners. For yeah, yeah, listening. absolutely. Please tell a friend, loved one, or coworker yep. about the podcast. Um, we are giving away koozies if you gave out the code word. Yes, yeah, s- uh, send us an email with the the code word. Uh, that we mentioned, and uh, I already forgot the code word. Yeah, uh, personal rocket, and we will we will get a uh, we'll get a koozie off to you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll catch you all next time. This was episode sixty one of the MacFab Engineering Podcast. We're your hosts, Parker Nolan and Stephen Craig. Later, everyone. Take it easy.